Come on, can somebody say praise the Lord? Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? We will be in Ezekiel 37, and we're going to start with verse 1. If you are just joining us for the first time, let me get you caught up. We are in a sermon series called The Gospel BC, which means before Christ. So uh, we are going through different parts of the Old Testament where we can actually see prophecy or illustrations of the coming Savior. Amen? How many of you know when you read the Old Testament and you already know what the New Testament says, you're going to be reading the Old Testament and you kind of get excited. You're like, man, look, Jesus is here. Jesus is there. Jesus is everywhere. You just got to know what the Bible says, you got to know what the New Testament says, and you can see him all over the Old Testament. In fact, it's incredible. We've tried to jam-pack this in just a few weeks, but uh, Pastor Randy started out with a bang. He literally went through every book of the Old Testament a couple weeks ago and quickly described where we see Jesus in every book of the Old Testament. It was amazing. And so, but we've highlighted a few. And we are in part three of this sermon series called The Gospel BC. So today, you're going to get to see Jesus in a new way. Let's read from Ezekiel 37, verse 1. And we're going to read the first three verses here. It says this, The hand of the Lord was on me. This is Ezekiel talking. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. I want, you to, I want you to picture yourself there for a minute. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Somebody say, I saw the bones, and they were dry. Somebody say, I saw the situation, and it was dead. Somebody say, I saw the circumstance, and it was hopeless. Verse 3 says, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now quickly, I want to, we're going to read a bunch of these verses, but a few verses later, what Ezekiel finds out is what the Lord, the Lord tells him, these bones are the people of Israel. Mm. These bones are the people of of Israel. We're going to dig into the scripture today and we're going to find out what what God is saying here to Ezekiel in this chapter. But before we dive in, let's pray and let's bless this time together of the word and teaching. Lord God, I thank you. Lord that your word is so powerful. That your word is our authority. Lord that your word is so filled with life. So today Jesus, I just pray That through your word, God, that your word would come alive to us, Lord God, and that we would leave here transformed. Lord, you're always transforming us. You're always renewing our mind. You're always teaching us something new. So today, Lord, I ask for nothing different. I pray that you would speak to us in a brand new way. Let these words be yours and not mine. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. So on Friday, y'all might have heard, we did a Royal Ranger camp-in. If you don't know what Royal Rangers 
is uh, and 316 Girls. These are two ministries for high school, middle school, elementary students. And uh, they come together and they do a lot of fun things. They read the Bible and uh, they do a lot of great things together. One of the things that the Royal Rangers put on for Friday is called camping. So uh, Friday night, you could have caught me and Selena and Colin Riley. We were all in a four-person tent right there in the back of the property when it was like 40 degrees that night and the wind was blowing. We had a lot of fun. And um, I'm going to tell you, when I woke up, my back, oh, it's not my bed. Whew. I woke up and I was in I was in some pain. I was starting to feel like uh, maybe sleeping on the ground wasn't a good idea. Um, but the night before, it's kind of funny, we, we uh, were out there in the back by the pavilion and the kids were running around and they were having a good time. And I I see some kids, they pick up some sticks, and they start uh, sword fighting, and then as the kids got a little closer, I was like, okay, like, those are some pretty interesting sticks, and then when they got even closer, I realized they were bones. (laughs) They were literally bones of a deer. I guess a deer at some point died back there. To my knowledge, I I don't know if anybody goes hunting. If you're hunting on our property... You're not supposed to do that, but the kids come in, and they're literally playing swords with deer bones, like the tibia and the fibula, and the, oh my goodness, and so I'm there, and I'm thinking, what's going on? So my son was one of the culprits, right, and I said, son, like, put that down, and we went, I was like, you need to wash your hands. I don't know where that bone has been. I don't know what's going on, and so you know, as a dad, I'm just thinking, and I was actually talking with uh, Michelle from 316 Girls, and we were like, did we do that as kids? Like, I don't know. I don't remember touching things like that. Like, do we just forget and, like, repress those memories? I don't know. But here's one thing I did know. That deer was dead. <laughs> there was no hope for those bones. Let me tell you, if you've, if you've ever come across dry bones, you look at it, and you look at That is something where life once existed. But you don't ever think of bones. I'm just saying, I don't care if you read Ezekiel uh, 37 uh, so many times, 100 times. You might still go to those bones and you might say, that's where life used to be. No matter how you look at those bones, there's just some things that you can't bring back. There's just some things that, that cannot be revived. That's how we think. That's based on our experiences. But let me tell you, Ezekiel 37 paints a different picture. Isn't it interesting? And so we're going to read all about this. We know in this vision that Ezekiel was brought to a valley of dry bones. And we already know that these dry bones represented Israel. But here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand what dry bones symbolize. The situation with Israel, because they're the bones, was dead. The situation with Israel was hopeless. The situation that they found themselves in, they were dry bones. You can look at Israel and see the people, and what you would see is a dead situation. You would see that there was no hope. And so today I'm going to I'm going to preach this message, but with a few different contexts. 
So first we're going to look at Israel. And then we're going to look at a, a different illustration and, and look at maybe that Jesus had a plan all along. And I'm going to take you through this a, a few times and so that you understand what the implications are for this amazing chapter. So I'm going to give you a few dry bone situations. And then I'm going to give you some prophetic words from Ezekiel. The first dry bone situation, number one, is that there is no hope for Israel. That's a dry bone situation. That's in your notes. There is no hope for Israel. They are the dry bones. Now, if you read the scripture, it actually says they weren't just dry. I don't know if you caught it. They were very dry. (laughs) They were very dry. There was no life in them. And so this is where Israel finds themselves. Now, let me give you this background, the history of why their situation was dead, because you might be wondering, what happened? Well, why is their situation dead? What's going on? Well, the story is is that the nation of Judah had been in captivity for 70 years. And, And the other tribes of Israel, they had been scattered among the surrounding nations, and they seemed all but a lost group of people. You see, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin and Levi, they had just been conquered. They had just been carried away. They had been brought into captivity into Babylon. And you're looking at the entire nation of Israel and you're thinking, wow, captivity. They're scattered, right? They're they're being ruled. They're being oppressed. Their their national identity was, was at stake. It was almost forever gone. Their national identity. Now, I don't know if you know the implications of this, but the children of Israel were supposed to be the people of God. So what would happen if the people of God no longer had an identity moving forward? What would it feel like if the people, the chosen ones of God, just lived the rest of their lives as captives? What would it look like? Where would we be today if the nation stayed scattered? If that situation stayed dead, if that dry bone situation never came back to life. I don't know if you're recognizing the implications here, but from that line, from those from that tribe, from that nation would one day come Jesus. And so what would happen in this dry bone situation if if those bones would have never come back to life? I'm just saying this is this is what the vision is. This is the predicament that Israel finds themselves in. Here's Ezekiel. He's getting this vision from the Lord, and he's being brought to these dry bones. Now I want to read this again because here's the prophetic word that we're about to read, that there is hope for Israel. Amen? There is hope for Israel. It's not a dry bone situation when the bones are in God's hands. Amen? It's not a dry bone situation when you serve the God of the impossible. Let me tell you, your situation may seem not only dry, but very dry. Your situation might sound dead, but God says something different. God says something different. Let me tell you, the prophetic word, the first prophecy is there is hope for Israel. And that has great implications for the future of the nation of Israel. So here's what verse 4 says. 
right after he's led to the dry bones, and, and uh, the Lord asked a question. I don't know, I'm going to ask it again. Verse 3 says, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Let me tell you, if Cole and the Royal Rangers brought me the deer bones and they said, uh, Pastor, can these bones live? I'm going to be like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Those are dead bones. But God, the Lord, asks Ezekiel the same question. Can these bones live? And I like what Ezekiel says. He says, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Meaning it's like, it's up to you. <laughs> God, can these bones live? I can't make them live. It's up to you. Only you know if the bones can live. How many of you know there's some situations that the Lord wants to revive in your life, and he's waiting for the faith that you have to say, God, if it's up to you, let your will be done. Let your will be done. God, he, if God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live, and Ezekiel said no, what kind of faith is that? Instead, Ezekiel's like, God, whatever you say is going to happen. God, only you know if these bones can live. So verse 4, God says this. It says, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you. You will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I'm going to continue to verse 7. Amen. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And, I, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and the skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Wow. But isn't that a miracle on its own? I mean, but is, is that not a miracle on its own? There, there's a graphic up here that I want you to see, is that the, the flesh is tendons and skin, and then what, what we're missing is the breath of life. So we're going to be going through two things today, flesh and breath, flesh and breath. The flesh is the skin and the tendons in his vision, correct? Okay, and the breath is the life of the spirit. Let me show you, verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. So God's saying, I'm not done. I'm not through with this body. Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You notice that the bones, they have to listen to God. It doesn't matter what I say. It matters what he says. You see, it doesn't matter if I say the bones can't live, if he says that they're going to live. This is what the Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied, look, check this out. I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life, they stood up on their feet, a vast army. 
only God. Only God. But but remember, this is a vision, right? (laughs) This is a vision. Hold on. It's going to get real. Verse 11 says, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We were cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up out of them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. And when I, when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Who deserves the credit? He says, then you'll know that I did it. Because, by the way, they couldn't do it on their own. There are some things that you can't do on your own. You see, the nation of Israel, weren't they, were they not always grumbling and always kind of in this, this vicious cycle of like, I'm following God, okay, I turned away from God, and then I'm repenting and coming back to God, and then I'm turning back away from God, and like, that's literally like the whole Old Testament, is they're in this vicious cycle, this vicious cycle, and, and what God is trying to tell them is, if you want life, I'm the only one who can give it to you. If you're going to try to find life elsewhere, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. So the Lord speaks, and not only does flesh go on the bones, but the spirit, the breath, goes into the body, and that body stands up, a vast army. So the God, God says, you know what, I'm going to put flesh on you, and I'm going to give you the breath of life. Amen? And Israel... Because Israel is the bones, they will be restored. That's the vision that we're looking at. You see, in this vision, Ezekiel has shown that not only is Israel going to be restored, but Israel is going to be unified. Not only are they going to be unified, but they're going to become one nation. They're going to come out of captivity. They're going to return home. And in fact, let me tell you, spoiler alert, all of this actually happens, okay? This actually happens. The nation of Israel returns home out of captivity. They're one nation. They rebuild the temple. They rebuild their city walls. And they never again go through that kind of captivity. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing what God does? That that dry bone situation has now been brought back to life. Only God can do that. You know, I love how God works, (laughs) because did you notice he did things in order? Like, you notice he started with the flesh, and then he put breath? Did you notice that? Like, the flesh was the first thing he did. Like, he started with what we can see, and then he did the impossible with what we can't see, the breath. A lot of times we're praying for our situation to get better, And our situation may start improving, and we can start seeing improvement. We can see the flesh 
coming together. We can see the tendons of our situation finally being put back together, but our situation is still dead. Our situation is dead until the breath of life comes into it. You see, I think a lot of times when we start seeing progress in our prayers and we start seeing things to come together, we stop praying. We stop prophesying. I think that sometimes when we see, oh, look, the tendons, woohoo! Look, look, the skin is here. I can see it. God, I can see what you're doing. I, I guess I should stop praying about it. God's saying, I, you haven't even seen the life that I can give. You haven't even seen the blessings on the horizon. You haven't even seen the real miracle. The real miracle is when I breathe life into that situation. A lot of times we, we stop short of our prayers because we saw something good. No, 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 listen, I'm not going to stop at the good when God wants me to pray and wait for his victory and his miracles and that breakthrough. Let me tell you, if he's going to breathe life into my situation, I'm not going to stop praying until I see the Holy Spirit's hand upon that. It's kind of a dangerous thing to see some progress in your prayers and then to stop, is it not? Like, maybe your situation never came to life. Maybe your situation never got fixed because you stopped praying, because you, stopped, because you saw progress. Listen, I think sometimes God gives us the natural, and we see it, and we're satisfied. But he wants us to have faith for the supernatural. He wants us to keep praying for the things we can't see. But where we're such, as humans, as men and as women, when we see something, we're like, praise God. Praise God. On to the next. Let me tell you, there's many things in your life that God's not done with yet. Let me tell you, there's many areas in your life that God wants to breathe his spirit into. There's some things that you need to keep praying for. There's some things that you need to keep prophesying over your life. You may have th thought that you've seen them come to pass, but God's not done with it yet. Come on. Man, this is, this is profound. This is, this is profound. But it gets better. <laughs> Dry bone situation number two. Not only, we, we're moving on from Israel and we're, we're at a greater scale now, okay? There is no hope for the nations. Somebody say nations. So now Jesus, Jesus kind of enters the scene. There's no hope for the nations. Why? Well, let me tell you about Israel, what they became, right? If you fast forward to the time of Jesus, before Jesus was born, it was a dry bone situation. <laughs> the world was filled with religion and did not know God personally. People were justifying their sin. Women were treated poorly. The rich were placed on a pedestal. The poor were outcasts. If you weren't educated, then you weren't invited. Priests were prideful. Pharisees were hypocrites. We have to remember that many of these people that I'm talking about were supposed to be the people of God. Dry bone situation. What are we doing here? Haven't we gone through this before? That vicious cycle at some point needs to come to an end. I'm following God. I'm not following God. 
I'm, I, I'm, I'm falling off. I'm not following his commandments. Okay, God, I repent. I'm following you again. Generation after generation. This vicious cycle needs to come to an end. We have to remember that Israel, their message before Jesus was that only the Jews can inherit the kingdom of God. You remember that? Oh, if you weren't, if you're not one of us, you can't go to heaven. If you're not circumcised, you can't go to heaven. If you don't keep all these rules and regulations, you can't go to heaven. Because you're not one of us. You're not part of the in crowd. You realize that's a pretty dead situation for the nations. What nation would want to serve that God? What nation would want to, to serve the God who only has exclusivity with the Jews? No, 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 no. The, the nations were dead. The, now the nations are the dry bones. But here's, here's the crazy thing. I, I feel like this, this Ezekiel, this prophecy of the, the, the flesh coming and the spirit coming, the, the breath, I believe that that's Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, the word became flesh in John 1.14. I mean, this is mind-blowing, isn't it? That, that there is hope not only for Israel, but there's hope for the nations. And what does God do? I'm going to give you God in the flesh. Here's the flesh coming. Oh, oh but you need, you need something else. You need the breath of the Holy Spirit. You realize it's the same two things? Ezekiel's watching the flesh come together, but it wasn't alive till the breath of the Holy Spirit was given. Same thing with you. Jesus comes from heaven to earth, leaves his place in heaven. The word becomes flesh. And Jesus and the Father, they send the Holy Spirit. I mean, isn't this an amazing depiction? And now the nations, uh, things are happening. Because Jesus comes, right, and he's eating with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. And he saves an adulterous woman from, from being stoned. He's casting out demons, right? He, he went to the well and he, smoke, he spoke to a Samaritan woman who he wasn't supposed to speak to. And, and he tells her, why, why don't you drink my living water? And she's like, we're not supposed to be talking. And he's like, he reveals himself at that moment, and she becomes an evangelist. She tells everybody about this Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus touched lepers. Oh, no, 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 no. You know what the religion, if you touch the lepers, then you're unclean. You, you know, that, that was the rule, right? When Jesus touched the lepers, he didn't become unclean. They became clean. His purity was stronger than the impurity. When Jesus comes, he's turning the religious Jews on their heads. He's saying things are different. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, which symbolized that we can now have a personal relationship with God. You know what Jesus does too? As he's leaving, he's saying, I'm sending you. The Father's sending an advocate. He's sending a helper. He's sending the Holy Spirit. You know what's interesting in John 20? Talking about Jesus is the flesh and the Holy Spirit is the breath. John 20 
21 and 22. Check this out. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And then what does verse 22 say? And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, nations from that point on began hearing the gospel. Why? People like Paul, people like James, they started preaching a different message. There's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no male or female or slave or servant, there's no master or slave. All can inherit the kingdom of God. The same message that Jesus preached, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. He's saying it's for everybody. Now the nations get to hear this for the first time. And now the apostles, with the flesh of Jesus and with the empowering of the Holy Spirit, this dry bone situation comes back to life. The church is established in Acts chapter 2. Wow. I mean, these parallel, he breathed. The Holy Spirit brought the church to life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, nations began becoming transformed. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people got saved. When? When the Holy Spirit poured out on the people in the upper room. Dry bones. No shot against the power of God. Oh, but it gets better. Dead situation number three. There's no hope for mankind. There's no hope for mankind. I mean, how many of you say that when you're scrolling through social media? Right? <laughs> scrolling through, you go to the comment section and you're like, there is no hope for mankind. Like, literally, there is no hope. People are people. Dry bone situation number three. There's no hope for mankind. Let me tell you, we're headed nowhere fast, right? I mean, I don't think I have to convince you. Have you seen what's happening in our government and our education? Have you seen what's happening with technology? Have you been seeing what's happening with sexuality? Have you been seeing what's happening in culture? Have you been seeing what's happening? Like, Am I incorrect to say that we are, we are, we are doing great? <laughs> we are doing great as a culture? Oh, we're on a great track. No, 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 I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's not what I see. And I'm not trying to be a pessimist either. But you look and you might think to yourself, there is no hope for mankind. Today I'm going to try to help you see that one of the things that we need to do is prophesied to those dry bones. <laughs> you, you see a dry bone situation for mankind. I see a, a people that can be resurrected for Jesus. Let me tell you. There's no hope. I mean, if, 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 we, don't, if we don't do anything as a church, okay, there's no hope. I mean, because if it's not 
me, then who? If it's, if it's not us, then who? I mean, I, I don't have to tell you what's happening in education, that people are trying to, to come in and, and they're trying to force our kids to learn things that are not biblically correct. I literally just read an article from an organization that said if you, if you're, if you're with your toddler, the best thing to do is ask them, are you a boy or are you a girl? And then go with that. A toddler. There, people are advising, culture is advising us to do things that are in no way aligned with the word of God. It's interesting because if I asked my son Cole at two years old, three years old, are you a boy or a girl? He probably would have said Spider-Man. <laughs> have you seen what's happening with technology? I mean, literally the algorithms are rigged to give you the lusts and the desires of your heart. Every social media platform is going to, they're going to capitalize on keeping your eyes intent on what they're delivering. Oh, you, it, like some, this is going to get crazy. I'm not saying the government's watching you. They don't need to watch you. They just need to know the algorithms. They don't need to. They don't need to watch you on the camera when there's algorithms everywhere. There's data saying what you believe, how you act, what you're clicking on. And from that data, people can make decisions. Are you, are you seeing where the world's going? Sexuality. People can have multiple partners, multiple partners of different genders. We've talked about it before. We talked about it last year. There's a lot of people saying that, you know, sleeping around is just two bodies touching each other. There's a lot of things that are, that are being taught in our culture. And I'm just going to say, it sounds so hopeless, so opposed to truth. The culture has bought into a, a, a system of lies. The culture has bought into this. But let me tell you, prophecy number three, there is hope for all mankind. There is hope for all mankind. We will be restored one day. Let me tell you, if you just harp on the bad news, it means that you're not spreading the good news. Let me tell you, every Sunday, we see people raising their hands for salvation. We, we, we get to deliver the, world, the word of God to young ones, to, to, to people with families, to middle age, to the elders. We're preaching the word of God, and we're seeing transformation happen not only in this church, but in families all across the city. I mean, let me tell you, the situation is not as dead as you think. But you know what's crazy about the hope for mankind? Everyone knows Jesus is the hope for mankind, amen? Amen, Jesus is the hope. But watch this. Watch this on the graphic. We are called now the flesh or the body of Christ. Can you throw that up? The flesh that comes together. <laughs> wow. Wait, wait, wait. You realize that we are called to bring things together? You, you realize that we are called to be the tendons and the skin to bring the body together? You realize that the body of Christ is the first thing that you have to realize. When Ezekiel sees this vision, I think he sees the skins and the, and the bones, and I think he sees the breath enter. But I, I don't think he saw that Jesus would be 
the center of that. I don't think he saw that the Holy Spirit would be the one breathing life. I don't think that he knew that later on the body of Christ would be presented in Acts chapter 2. And then not only was, is the body of Christ the hope for this world, this generation, not only is the body of Christ hope for mankind only through Christ, by the way, but you know what the Holy Spirit breathes into us? Oh, gifts. <laughs> Did you not realize that either? Gifts. Here's what 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, which means the building up of the church. To one, there is given through a spirit of message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the means of the same Spirit. To another, a gift of healing. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in other kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And there's many other verses with many other gifts, but here's what verse 11 says. And all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. Oh, you thought you were doing the work? You're not doing the work. You thought you were doing the work? You thought it was your gifts and your talents? They're not yours, they're his. He's the one. In fact, verse 11, it says, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So, okay, let me get this right. So Jesus is God in the flesh, and the Holy Spirit is the breath of life. That was in the last point. But now you're telling me that I'm the body, and the Holy Spirit lives in me? So you're telling me that no matter what situation I face, that that situation can be brought back from the dead? You're, talk, <laughs> you're telling me that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me? That's scripture, by the way. Man, the Holy Spirit is awesome. I'm the body of Christ. We all play different roles, amen? Nobody is, nobody's above another. I don't care if I hold a mic. The heart of this church is people behind the scenes. <laughs> so you're telling me I'm the body of Christ and that the Holy Spirit lives in me? Yeah, I'm going to make it personal for you. The hope for mankind is the church. The hope for mankind is the church using their gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what doesn't work. Just like in Ezekiel's vision, the flesh came together. Can I tell you, just coming together doesn't, doesn't fulfill the Great Commission. Are you following me? Just like the tendons and the skin came together in the dream, just because we get together doesn't mean you're fulfilling your purpose. The only way you fulfill your purpose and you stand up like a massive, mighty army that God has called us to be is when the Spirit of God breathes life into you. And he says, you have gifts, and you will produce fruit, and you will live according to my word and my will, and you will bring hope to mankind. Are you understanding how all of this plays out? 
Here's the truth for you today. The body of Christ is still here, and the Spirit of God is still alive. (laughs) So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this one more time. Son of man, can these bones live? Can Israel live? They did. Can the nations get life breathed into them? They did. We're, in the man, we're living in the mankind stage, y'all. Is there hope for mankind? Can these dry bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, only you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. If we could show that scripture, verse number four. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. But what's the key? Hold up. Because this is the most, this is one of the most important points. What is the key? We have to prophesy. We have to prophesy that we will see a generation come back to life. We have to be in our prayer closets prophesying over our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren and our neighbors and our colleagues. We have to be the ones prophesying. Seeing God, all I see is dry bones. If you're seeing dry bones, that's a key that you need to prophesy over those bones. Let me tell you, if, if God has brought you to a dry bone situation, prophesy over them. If the Lord has given us Jesus and he sent the Holy Spirit and he called us his own body, and he wants to pour out his spirit on all of mankind, then all I'm saying is dead situations don't have to stay dead. Dry bones don't have to stay dry. All I'm saying is is that dry bones need to hear the word of the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Verse 7, yes, you're hearing this again. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. (laughs) How many of you know when you do the will of God, there's going to be some noise? When you start prophesying, there's going to be some noise. There's a rattling sound. You understand that things start coming together, and you might see things in the spiritual realm that you might not have otherwise seen. But when you start seeing things come together, there's going to be some noise. There's going to be some rattling. There's going to be some ruffled feathers. But let me tell you, you can't stop me from prophesying over this generation that this generation can come back to life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And doesn't he say that I am the resurrection and the life? Does he not say that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life? Does he not call himself life? 
Wait, there's one more dry bone situation. This one's quick. Dry bone situation number four. There is no hope for me. Here's a prophetic word for you. There is hope for you. There is hope for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've come from. What I know is that your situation is not dead. There is hope for you. You know what's even crazier is you are the body of Christ. And you are filled with his spirit. The moment that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that breath of God comes to live inside of you. You become the body of Christ. Listen, this this is not a church. You are the church. The spirit of God is not outside of you. It's not something that you have to earn. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you when Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So Ezekiel's there, and he sees these dry bones, these bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I think God is asking some of you the same question right now. God is saying, I know you saw the bones. I brought you there. I know you saw that they were dried up. They are. But I don't concern myself with what you saw. I concern myself with what you believe. (laughs) God is saying, "I, I know you saw the bones. I know you saw them dried up. But you're missing the point of the question. I'm not asking about the bones. I'm asking about your faith. I'm not asking about the bones. I'm asking about what you believe. I'm not asking what you saw. I'm asking who you see. (laughs) Would you stand with me today? Some of you need to prophesy over your situation. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, marriage, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, finances, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, career, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, relationship with my kids, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, sickness, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, impossible situation, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will make breath enter you. (laughs) I will make this dead circumstance come back to life. I will give you life. I will give you flesh. I will put breath in you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. If you have a dead situation today, what I want you to do, just like Ezekiel saw this vision, and he saw that dead situation, his his command was to prophesy. So for the next few minutes, if you could gather his families, you could gather his individuals, we're gonna open up these altars, we're gonna worship for a few minutes. Prayer partners, can you line up to my left and to my right? For the next few minutes, we're gonna pray, we're gonna worship, but we're gonna prophesy as well, is that okay? We're gonna prophesy over these dead bones.
feel like there's gonna be a rattling in this place and that's okay. So Lord God, we prophesy that our dead situation will be brought back to life, that there is hope for mankind, that there is hope for the nations, that there is hope for me, Lord God. There is hope because no situation is too dry. No situation is too dead. But in the name of Jesus, we prophesy life into that situation. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's pray. Let's worship for the next few minutes. Yeah.